I am backwards, scared of forward. Therefore, in love, I choose the one who mistreat me rather than the one who shows they love me. Chase the one who neglects me rather than the one who promises to protect me. See, hurtful pasts should have made us experts in this. Attracted to the same thing, expecting differences, but don't call us insane. We just love the amateurs in this. We'll call pain artistic and the passion in it beautiful. But truth looks better in dark rooms. That's why we keep the lights out. Rather trade loneliness for lies any day just to stay relevant in someone's life who didn't want us there anyway. Rather define the sex we practice as the happiness we've been missing because the skin doesn't have time management. It confuses forever in moments so we forget what's right for us since wrong feels so much better. We'll trade the answers for questions because we don't like to admit when a relationship is hopeless. I wrote this because there's no such thing as being love sick. We just don't want the healing. Enjoying how complex a simple thing can be because the drama keeps us busy. I want a counselor, not a punisher. I want a teacher, not a storybook character, but we are backwards, scared of forward. Therefore, in life, we'll trade God for politics, give music to capitalism. Men who like to look tough treat his freedom like his women, fucks it and then leaves it since he'd rather be convicted. We trade the beauty of speaking for texting. Rather be accepted than individual. Rather be identical than creative. We'll be loyal to our enemies in order to betray our friends. We see negative imagery as positive entertainment and place violence in our children. We rather praise bad habits than potential. Dressed racism in sheep's clothing and called it being equal. Put soldiers on the streets, thieves in the castles, meat on rich tables and called it economics. We'll preach but not live by it. We'll criticize before we understand it. We'll hate before we embrace and we'll kill before we forgive. I want a role model, not a politician. I want wisdom, not just an education, but we are backwards people, scared of moving forward, scared of letting go, scared of picking up, scared of giving love, and scared of knowing trust. But we have to learn how to walk with one foot in front of the other, because time Time will move in that direction, with or without us.
You have just landed on a planet called Breathe On Me. very much an Earth-like planet in a galaxy far, far away. It is late. You do not speak the language. The last two trains are about to leave the station where you landed. One train has the image of a huge lion with a destination marker that reads ROAR. <laughs> the other train has the image of a rat with a destination marker that reads MEOW. Which train will you board? I think I would go with the lion. I think I would go with the lion um, on his train because just what I don't know what the lion represents. Um, it, you know, it represents, um, you know, courage, mm-hmm. uh, power, um, safety. Um, I think, yeah, I would definitely go on on the lion's train. <laughs> well, it is a very long and intriguing journey. your destination (laughs) you exit the train you are immediately greeted with an amazing welcome a fanfare that you can only dream of Mm. or so it appears to you oh my goodness because you don't speak the language however each of three groups welcoming you are waving the sign Here, your dreams can come true. So, what are we going to do now? Can I ask you something? What? You know I like you, don't you? Yes. And I hope you like me the way I like you. Yes. I was wondering if you would be my girl. Oh, Michael. Who are you talking to right now? Who is it you think you see? Do you know how much I make a year? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough 
that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to. So let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skylar. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. And you discover that 
You're here to do a movie about you. Okay. What is the title of that movie? Oh, what would the title of that movie be? I think the title of that movie would be Still Learning. I think it would be Still Learning because just where I'm at right now, I'm still learning. And I think that it would go from where I've come from thus far and then where I'm going. So I think sounds really boring. The title sounds really boring, still learning, but, but I think that's what I would, it's simple. Mm-hmm. I think I was still learning. So who, if Samuel Jackson asks you, uh-huh. would you like to play the part of you? Of me? You? <laughs> you has to play the part of you. Oh, who would play the part of Brandon Jackson? Um... That is such a hard question. You know, it's funny because at, at work right now, they have this little contest of trying to figure out who is a lookalike of someone else, and they keep trying to pair me with uh, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son. <laughs> and just because I guess that's sticking in my mind right now, I guess I would pick Jaden, but I would want him to get a little older first. <laughs> I want him to get a little older first before he portrays me right. in a movie. <laughs> okay, so we'll go with Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith, the call is out to you. <laughs> All right. So now everyone is gone into their areas of the mansion. No one is around at this moment, but you are about to be shocked. You are shocked at the sight of your evil twin turning up so expectedly. <laughs> what he then did so vexed you, you went and slapped the living daylights out of him. Okay. What did he just do? Maybe he said something disrespectful about my mother. Maybe. Because, <laughs> you know, that, you know that, that's a soft spot, you know, for anybody. Um, and for somebody to make me, I guess, want to, me to... Because I always say I'm a lover, not a fighter. Mm-hmm. But if my evil twin showed up and I had to slap him for a reason, he must have said something out of line. About our mother, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, who was the first person that came to your mind when you woke up this morning? When I first woke up this morning, um, I don't know. I don't know who was the first person that came to mind. Um, usually when I first wake up, I'm just thanking God, you know, to, to see, you know, to see another day. It's not necessarily, I guess, a person, but just the idea of just another day, another chance, you know, more time, you know, to, to do what, 
to have the opportunity to do what I would like to do. But as a physical person, I guess it would I guess it would be God really, you know, who I think about because I'm thanking him that, you know, that he woke me up, you know, that morning and every morning. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Brandon Jackson, <laughs> author and poet, whose book The Parts Medicine Can't Reach yes. was published this year, twenty thirteen. Yes. Brandon yes. Jackson, welcome to yes. the journey. Thank you, Neville. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be here. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet. A time to begin again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Never date a musician because he'll always love his music more than you. He'll steal your heart without a hook and leave you untitled. See, music is his passion. And he'll never quite understand how to separate dreams from your needs. So if you're ready to climb mountains that take the shape of trouble cliffs just to get his attention, then go ahead, because that's just the beginning. He'll persuade you that his melodies are virgins when really he's written them for others long before you. You'll accept it and believe to be his inspiration when in reality you're only a quick beat to him. Never date a musician, because he won't believe in commitment. He'll sing his way into different beds with new song sheets, sweating lyrics that he will stink of when he comes home. He'll play your instruments so good that you thought you heard the heavens open up and a chorus of angels sing, but it was just a dream. Because now he harmonizes lies from his lips that perform in symphony, promising you that orchestra-type love when all you really receive is background music, but you love the way he ad-libs movements, bribing you to stay in his tune. You become the keys, the strings, and the mouthpiece, remembering the nights you both sounded like African drums, but now wake up to staccato mornings, realizing that solo doesn't feel so good. Never date a musician, because he'll make your tears blow like trumpets, Leave you tired in flat notes with sharp longing as you wish to return back to basics, hoping Do-Re-Mi will exercise some common sense, but you love him, even though he'll always treat his music better than you. So instead, I recommend loving a poet. See, poetry is where it started, because what is music without words of meaning? We don't need to separate passion from loving someone, since loving someone creates that passion. A poet can read you in between lines that are the perfect size for you. He will write you into his existence, have conversations with God about you in notebooks, perform you without the instrumental, and love you a cappella. A poet will treat you better than he does his poetry, because without you comes writer's block. He'd be inspired by how you breathe, how even the back of your head looks beautiful. He'd see the impossible in your eyes that would translate to possibilities through your touch. He'd hold you intimately like he holds his pen and caress you gently like he does his paper. He'd make love to you like his spoken word rhythm, dream of you like newborn inspiration, and love you until the day words 
are extinct. You know, that, that poem is, is based off of uh, <clears throat> a very particular relationship. Um, and it's funny because every time I perform that poem, I always have to give a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I say, you know, no offense to any musicians who might be out there or in the audience. This is just from my experience with now. my music. <laughs> I'm giving I'm giving a late disclosure, <laughs> but um, that poem is really interesting. I think because it came from a time in my life where I believe that you know being a creative person, I think you know people who you know whether whatever their love may be, whether it's writing poetry, um, you know, and being an artist, a singer, whatever your love is, I think one of the misunderstandings we have sometimes is well. If I were to date another or fall in love with someone who's just as passionate or who has some type of creativity like me, mm-hmm. we should be the superhero, you know, the superhero relationship because, you know, I write poetry, mm-hmm. you do music, mm-hmm. you know, we we can just be in love and be creative together when really... That's not the reality of it, <laughs> which I learned. Um, sometimes it can be a little more stressful. Um, uh, with that particular situation, um, you know, being a creative person and balancing a relationship, you know, you you have to find that balance. You have to find that balance where you commit your love to what you love to do and then committing love to, you know, this person. Mm-hmm. And... You know, with as much, you know, ask any writer, painter, you know, what you do or what you create is, you know, is your baby. So how do you balance, you know, loving this individual, showing them the attention that they need, plus showing your baby, you know, your 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 creations, you know, what you love to do, given, giving it that, you know, what it needs. Mm-hmm. So that, that poem... Um, it, it, it came from that, uh, from from that perspective, and then I go into, um, you know, well, if if you were to date a poet, but that part is really just talking about what I feel that poetry does for me, that I would, you know, want it to do for someone else, and just how you know, just how spiritual it is. Um, I remember back in school, I had this teacher. I will never forget him. Mister, his name was Mister Grande. And I struck. He was an English teacher, and he 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 used to always get on to me because I struggled in his class because he was a very technical writer. You know, he he. I've always been a poet, like I like I said earlier. I've I've always been wanting to write or draw something. And I remember in one of the papers that I that I wrote, he used to always get on to me about using the wrong words in the wrong sentences because, you know, I, it was too creative. Mm-hmm. So I remember one uh, one sentence that I that I was uh, writing, I had used in an essay, I had said something like digested or something like, you know, someone digested, uh, not speaking of the literal digestion, but he was like, digested, he was, you know, he was like, Brandon, you don't, you know, you don't use that. So I just really struggled in his class, but then as I got older, 
you know, I was just thinking, you know, I learned that I'm going to be as creative as I want to be, right? You know, that's 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 the beauty of poetry to me. <clears throat> you know, there's no restrictions. You can talk about what you want to talk about and how you want to talk about it. And I think that, you know, poetry, it, 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 it shouldn't be, it's no rules or barriers, you know, that or any expectations. I just feel like, you know, that it's something, it's an escape that you're able to be free with. Uh, some people like to say that, you know, I'm a romantic poet because I do talk about love and heartbreak a lot. But I think what's the most interesting uh, thing about writing is observing. Observing how not only I've acted in situations, but how we as people, you know, act in situations, whether it be social, whether it be, you know, uh, to do with our relationships. I really like tapping into what's under the surface. How people think, how we feel, because how we feel translates into how we act in those situations. You are on the journey. I'm your host, Neville D'Angelo. My guest is Brandon Jackson, young poet and author of Parts Medicine Can't Reach. Brandon Jackson's son of a school teacher mom is a Texan born in Bryan, Texas, and now living in Dallas. He is a graduate of Sam Houston State University. Now 24 years old, Mr. Jackson is very active in his community and considers himself not so much a romantic poet as he's often described, but as a human nature poet who attributes his artistry to his unique upbringing. Brandon, tell us about your family. You know, we forget to give credit what credit is due. And, you know, I, I do, I reference her a lot because I give her credit for building me into the type of person that I am, you know, today. Um, we've all, we were always really close. Uh, she had me, uh, at an older age. Um, it's just me and my sister. She had me, uh, when she was 38 and my sister, uh, when she was 41. Um, and with her previous marriage, uh, she, you know, they didn't have any kids. She thought that she wasn't because they tried, but you know, they never was successful. So when she, um, you know, when she met my father and they had their relationship, then that's, you know, when me and my sister came out of it. So it was just, I just feel that, you know, everything is purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, because, you know, from going to thinking that you can't have kids and then suddenly you have, you know, two, I think, you know, that's a blessing. But, you know, growing up, you know, we all have, you know, all, all have our, our stories. Um, you know, my father, he, you know, had a drug problem. Um, and, you know, I witnessed a lot of hurt, you know, with my mom. And I think it, it it's, you know, what is very, um, you know, the reason why I reference her a lot is because I learned a lot from her. You know, when you're when you're small and you're growing up, you know, your mind is like a sponge, mm -hmm. you know, you know, that's why, you know, parents today, you know, you have to be, you know, careful in what you're, you're portraying in front of your kids because your kids remember, 
you know, remembers that. And I just remember, um, you know, I remember her hurting. I remember seeing her hurt, you know, because of some of the things my father, um, you know, did at that point in time. And, you know, me and him, we have a good relationship now. But, um, you know, I, I witnessed how, you know, I wit- that was the first relationship, you know, that I that I witnessed. So, you know, as a far as opposed to, you know, now being an adult and being in experiencing relationships myself, that was the beginning of learning how, you know, hurt can be a part of love and relationships, you know, just by, you know, coming up and, you know, seeing, you know, witnessing her cry and, you know, witnessing, you know, her struggle and, um, you know, me wanting to, you know, as a little kid, me wanting to, you know, do something that, you know, that I couldn't do, you know, just being being as young as I was. So I think I think creative people, they channel what they do from things or like hurtful situations that they may, you know, may have witnessed, you know, growing up. Um, but I've, I always say this, that I've learned what love isn't because of how much love you know my mom has showed me that it is Mm -hmm. you know because of her you know raising me and my sister I you know and showing us what love is Mm -hmm. I was able to get and grasp a better understanding of what love isn't Mm -hmm. and you know she she's always been there she's always been supportive um she she's always been my best friend you know, we've cried together, we've laughed together, she's always, you know, you know, listened to my poetry and, and, um... Now, as, as, as a son and a mother, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I know that you, your poetry, you consider your poetry, uh, human, hum, nature mm-hmm. poetry, uh, but your topic, at least in, in this book, is a lot about love, mm-hmm. and it's used a lot of sexual images, mm-hmm. right? Um, how is that? Which your your mom? You said mm-hmm. she listens to your poetry. Right, right. <laughs> Do you mean these? Uh, you know, so she, she doesn't. I don't really offer her or read her a lot of the, I guess, grown up poetry. And when I say grown up poetry, I mean the poems that I've written in my adult years. She heard a lot of the poems that I was writing in my younger years. Um, you know, I've I've shared, she's read the book and everything and, you know, I um So what was that discussion like after she read Oh, that? so she you know, she was, you know, amazed. She was cause she's always known it's always been not even just a dream of mine, but, you know, a a, a want of hers, you know, for for me to publish a book, to 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 write a book, so you know she she loved it. Now some other family members um, <laughs> <laughs> see, that, and that's that's one of the reasons why I love my mom so much is because she was never the type of you know judgmental person. You know, I grew up in the church. You know, I, I you know I, I have a strong spiritual background and. You know, she never made you feel less or she never made you, you know, feel bad. She was just so full. She's just always been so full of love and, you know, and understanding. So 
the conversation with her was great, you know, as far as the book, you know, she, she had, I think <laughs> it's funny because now that I've matured in my writing, I think some of the stuff goes over her head, you know, sometimes, <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> she, and, you know, I might read her a poem and, and you know, a, a recent poem and she'll be like, hmm, she's like, Brandon, oh, that, that was deep, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that, you know, that, but I think, you know, I think she just says that, I don't think she really you know, grasp, you know, <laughs> grasp everything, but, you know, I just say, you know, thank oh, you, and I love you. Maybe she does. You know, and sometimes, you know, I have to, you know, I was like, you know, Mom, well, did, you know, she's like, yeah, and, you know, she, and she comes back at it, you know, with, you know, her explanation of, you know, what she received from it. So, you know, she got, you know, she gets the, you know, gets the gist of it. But the other family members. Yeah. yeah now she has uh, my my aunt, and I love her to death as well. Um, you know, she, you know, when she read the book, she wrote me a long letter, uh, mm-hmm. a long letter saying, you know, um, you know, Brandon, I, you know, I read, you know, your book, and she was like, you know, I uh, I prayed, and you know, thank God that you know you were able to do, you know, what you you know have been wanting to do all these years. But she said, um, you know, you know, some of the words, you know, I didn't really like some of the word choice or, you know, I was I was saying, Lord, I don't I don't know, like, oh, he's using this word and this word. (laughs) And so, you know, that's just why I love, you know, I love my aunt, my aunt. But my mom, she just never she will never bring you down. She will never bring you down. Um, She's so supportive. And. Uh, I, there's a poem, you know, oded to her uh, called Superwoman that, uh, you know, basically just describes her, you know, as, you know, as a person to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, she's my rock. You know, she's always been my rock. Superwoman. Once upon a time... I flew with this superwoman, born from angel wings that gave shame to training wheels, because as many were still grounded, she was flying long before anyone could teach her. See, love is a profession to her. So imagine the confusion a young boy felt when he witnessed how love was what made her cry by herself. No letter was ever imprinted on her chest, but I knew exactly who she was. Looking back at her when I was just the twinkle in daddy's eye and the imagination God had to create me with, she'll always be as private as Victoria and her secrets, as hidden as da Vinci and his codes, but anyone with eyes could recognize that pain inflicted by the selfishness that molds men. She thinks her mistakes aren't flattering, but they are what make her gorgeous to me. To a child in distress, Her wisdom was somewhat terrifying, but her eyes always promised safety in the outcome. Cooking by the age of eight, heartbroken by the age of too young, and learning by the age of old enough, she was bold enough to teach her son that it's okay to cry. She said, Brandon, it's all right to be human, because part of being human is being broken sometimes. So I listened to her heartbeat become the hammer that rebuilt empires in our living room. I never knew my grandmother, but... She portrays my vision of her as she loves to sing old spirituals, that original poetry. 
spoken in hot fields by our ancestors. She's as beautiful as bright Sunday mornings and as dedicated as its church services. Her knowledge comes from beyond this planet. And her motto about this planet is forget that nonsense because she knows disappointment firsthand. And how gravity feels on her shoulders, yet she still carried me on her back. Yes, I was born from this superwoman, privileged the moment I met her. Despite her steel and armor, I know how soft she feels. Her embrace is world peace, and I wish the world could feel it. God, I wish the world could feel it. reaction when she read this book? She was just in awe. She was she was in awe. She was like, Brandon, that is so beautiful. Um, you know, and thanked me, you know, for for writing it. Um, you know, because my I I never knew, you know, my, my I have grandparents on my father's side, um, but I never knew my grandparents on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, with her being older I feel like um you know, I got both, you know, in one. I, I, I had a mother and I had, you know, the, the grandmother, you know, all in one. So when you, you were a kid, did you feel that? Or that I felt that. Yeah, I, I, felt that, I felt that, you know, all of my life that I was getting, you know, well, really, uh, she was uh, father role too, father role, grandmother, and mother. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, people you know, always say, Brandon, you know, you are, where do you come up with this stuff? Where, you know, where, how, why are you even thinking like this and you're in your early 20s? You're so, you know, you know, wise, you know, beyond your years and everything. And I really, you know, you know, being blessed to, you know, to be able to feel that the way, you know, the way I do and think, you know, the way that I do, I really commend and, and, you know, give credit of that being to my mother mm-hmm. because, you know, I I matured, you know, very quickly, um, you know, and she was just very, she was just very real, you know, she was just very real with, with you know, her teachings and her lessons of, you know, of life and just always, you know, always had open arms, you know, if you, if you, you know, had anything, any issues or any any problems or any, you know, anything, anything you needed, mm-hmm. you know, she was always there. So that even, where can people find your books? Your book? So you can find my book um, on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just search uh, The Parts Medicine Can't Reach. It's on Amazon as well as my website. Uh, my website is BrandonLJackson.webs.com. Um, and it's under order book here. If you order from my website, I can send you a copy myself signed. Um, you won't get a signed copy if you order from Amazon. But um, again, my website is brandonljackson.webs.com. The Parts Medicine Can't Reach. That title is the inspiration for our standing question today. Our standing question is this. What do you do? For the parts of you that medicine can't reach, what do you do for the parts of you that medicine can't reach? 
Here is Brendan Jackson reading another of his poems, Pre-Heaven. It doesn't matter how cold the winters are, as long as your arms are the seasons that keep me warm. I don't care about the tears that have spilled before you because our laughter makes us warriors. Therefore, I'm strong for you. Our weekends are spent putting weakness in our knees because we were meant to catch one another. Our calendars are already marked with a future that became too big to fit in dreams, so that's why we've placed them in these rings. Time is in your eyes, therefore time is beautiful because you are within it. And if I never believed in anything again, no one could convince me that this love isn't real because this is pre-heaven to me, a paradise before this life ends, and I'm glad I've encountered it, to spend the rest of our days building what so many have lost faith in. Love is patient. Love is kind. And if God never sends me another sign, I already know the direction he's chosen for me, which is the stairway to your kisses, the pearly gates of our smile, and the mansions of this emotion. So from this day forward, we shall take each other to a place where nothing else matters, where no one else has to see. It's because, my love, you are what comes before heaven to me. Brandon, what would you say is the greatest lesson you have learned out of writing poetry and releasing this book, The Parts Medicine Can't Reach? I think one of the, you know, most great life lessons that I learned that, you know, has come out in my poetry is, you know, just realizing what you deserve. Um, you know, going through, you know, uh, the different, you know, stages of love and, you know, relationships and not even just with another person, but those stages of self-love mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, learning about yourself. I think one of the greatest lessons is to to know you know what you will and won't tolerate mm -hmm. you know in a situation you know whether it be from yourself or whether it be from another person mm -hmm. to learn what you are capable of mm -hmm. and not even just what you're capable of but the type of love that you're capable of giving mm -hmm. and the type of love that you are deserving of receiving back mm -hmm. because I feel that you know, a lot of us, you know, settle and, you know, get comfortable mm -hmm. in, you know, in situations that may not be the happiest situations. But I feel that, you know, time is precious. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the times that we're living in now, it's such an urgency mm -hmm. for us to, to really learn how to re-love ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because when we re-love ourselves, then that allows us to love others better, whether it be with someone on some romantic level, mm -hmm. our friends and our family. Mm -hmm. I feel that, you know, love starts with yourself and realizing that, you know, that, that greatness that you have to give someone and expect nothing less in someone that you would want that to be given back to, mm -hmm. you know, from. And I just feel that, you know, out of coming, it's one of the most beautiful lessons I feel that, that, you know, I've taken with me, that I'm taking with me now, you know, after, you know, all of the 
hurt after all of the darkness, after all of, you know, the 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 mountains and the valleys, you know, transition is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's, you know, a, an outcome that is is precious. Even though, you know, you may have been down transitioning out of that, mm-hmm. you know, finding your way out of something you know, uh, time, you know, time is, is a great thing, especially with each day that we have, you know, to, to really, to really, you know, do ourselves right, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not only just doing other people right, but doing ourselves right, I think is one of the greatest lessons that I've learned. I, I, I love myself after, <laughs> after the parts medicine can't reach, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> Well, well, Brendan, you know it's a it's a joy to have you, Thank you on the show. I wish you enormous success not only with your book but with your future. Thank you so in much. Writing poetry, I know that you do a lot of uh, things around the the community, and I'm, I want to thank you for for doing all of that. Thank you so much, Neville. It was really a privilege and an honor to you know for you to have me on the show. I really enjoyed myself. Well, thank you. <laughs> This is part six of our Poets Roundtable series. Join us on the journey as we continue traveling to intriguing places to meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. You can find us on many Internet platforms, including Block Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, Tumblr, SoundCloud, WordPress, Matchbox Mystery, and iTunes. You can download us free, embed us on your website, and share our podcasts with your family and friends on any of your social networks. Enjoy our books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Keep in touch. See you next week.